0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Numbers. Last time we read Numbers chapter 8. And that was about the cleansing of the Levites and even the Levites' retirement. And now we're ready to read Numbers chapter 9. And this is going to be primarily about the Passover and the cloud on the tabernacle so this is numbers chapter 9 i am reading in the amplified bible the lord spoke to moses in the wilderness of sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of egypt saying the sons of israel are to keep the passover at its appointed time on the fourteenth day of this month at twilight you shall keep it at its appointed time according to all its statutes and ordinances, you shall keep it. So Moses told the Israelites to observe the Passover. They observed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month at twilight in the wilderness of Sinai, in accordance with all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so the Israelites did. But there were certain men who were ceremonially unclean, because of touching the dead body of a man, so they could not observe the Passover on that day. So they came before Moses and Aaron that same day. Those men said to Moses, We are ceremonially unclean because of touching a dead body. Why are we being restrained from presenting the Lord's offering at its appointed time among the Israelites? Therefore Moses said to them, Wait! and I will listen to what the Lord will command concerning you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the Israelites, If any one of you or of your descendants becomes ceremonially unclean because of touching a dead body or is on a distant journey, he may, however, observe the Passover to the Lord. On the fourteenth day of the second month, basically 30 days later, at twilight, they shall observe it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall leave none of it until the morning, nor break any of its bones in accordance with all the statutes of the Passover. They shall observe it. But the man who is ceremonially clean, and is not on a journey, and yet does not observe the Passover, That person shall be cut off from among his people, excluding him from the atonement made for them, because he did not bring the Lord's offering at its appointed time. That man will bear the penalty of his sin. If a stranger lives among you as a resident alien, and observes the Passover to the Lord, in accordance with its statutes and its ordinances, so shall he do. You shall have one statute, both for the resident alien and for the native of the land. So I want to mention here that you'll notice God gives them a backup plan. God recognizes that things in this life are not always orderly and that events can occur and you may be unable to do something that you would normally do. Like here, this is the Passover. They wanted To follow that, they wanted to observe that, but under certain conditions, it could happen that they would not be able to observe it properly. So he gave them a second Passover, a a backup time when they could do that. Now, I mention this because sometimes today, some folks, um, they relate the Lord's Supper And the Lord's Supper is tied to the Passover. You'll notice Jesus did that in conjunction with the Passover. He established it then. I think that was on a Thursday evening. But nonetheless, um, he has established the observance of the Lord's Supper. But there's really not a lot of stringent um, time frame and different things about it, right? And some people, they... uh, they want to offer it like, uh, say, they just want to offer it once. Maybe they want to offer it once a year or once a month. And they just say, well, if you can't make it, you know, they're, they're kind of hard hearted about it. If, if you can't make it, then you don't get it. You know, you're not going to we're not going to offer it again or we're not going to give you a chance to do it. But God, even back here in the old law, gives them a makeup date. And I think for us, coming forward into the law of liberty, the law of Christ, I think we have to recognize that we have a lot more freedom concerning this. I know of people who take the Lord's Supper nearly every day. I know of people who do it weekly, congregations that do it weekly. Some do it monthly and some do it yearly. There's no real constraint on doing that, and I know for some people this sounds weird. You've been taught one way all your life, but there's nothing biblical that is very restrictive and says we have to do it just this set time, just this set day, or any of that. Um, there are a couple of examples I think were given, but nothing that's a hard fast rule. Now, some people say those examples are what uh, binding, restrictive examples, but I don't think that goes with the teaching of the Lord. Uh, If the Lord had wanted us to have a binding restrictive uh, law, He would have said so, and He did not. So, uh, His teaching, matter of fact, is very wide open, and the examples are, are just examples. Much like when you learn math and English, the example is not the whole of the teaching. Like, 1 plus 1 equals 2, that's not all of math. That's just one example. That's just a part of the teaching. So, if you can if you can gather and understand what I'm saying. So, here again, even God recognizes this world is disorderly, things happen, and sometimes you need a make-up date. You need a chance to uh, do something like the Passover or the Lord's Supper. You need a second chance because... You know, maybe you were sick that morning and you couldn't make it, or whatever. And then, you know, you're as a as a congregation, as a church, we we should offer services to our members. You notice how Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Instead of setting up laws and rules for our members, we should be offering services and doing things for the members of our congregation. So. It's just a different attitude and a different way you look at it. So let's move on from here, and we'll read the the last half of this chapter. Now, on the day that the tabernacle was erected, the cloud of God's presence covered the tabernacle, that is, the tent of the testimony. And in the evening it was over the tabernacle, appearing like a pillar of fire until the morning. So it was continuously the cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was lifted from over the tent, tabernacle, afterward the Israelites would set out, and in the place where the cloud stopped, there the Israelites would camp. At the Lord's command, the Israelites would journey on, and at His command, they would camp. As long as the cloud remained over the tabernacle, they remained camped. Even when the cloud lingered over the tabernacle for many days, the Israelites would keep their obligation to the Lord and not set out. Sometimes the cloud remained only a few days over the tabernacle, and in accordance with the command of the Lord they remained camped. Then at His command, they set out. If sometimes the cloud remained over the tabernacle from evening only until morning, When the cloud was lifted in the morning, they would journey on. Whether in the daytime or at night, whenever the cloud was lifted, they would set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a year that the cloud of the Lord's presence lingered over the tabernacle, staying above it, the Israelites remained camped and did not set out. But when it was lifted, they set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed on. They kept their obligation to the Lord in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. It's very interesting to read this and to see how they followed the Lord in this aspect and how they only broke camp when the cloud moved, when the Lord moved, that's when they moved, and when the Lord was still they were still. You can take a whole lesson just out of that in, in that if we follow the Lord when He moves, we move. And when He's still, we need to be still as well. And here, they're, they're following that. They're doing that part. And it's surprising some of the things we read about later on, how they've been following the Lord, this pillar of cloud and, and this pillar of fire. And they've had him with them and in their camp all this time, and yet they still have some of the problems they do later. It's kind of surprising if you think about it, because here they were doing like this for a long time, where they were following and then they would camp until the Lord moved on. So it's just very interesting to me to see that and then to realize later some of the problems they still had and the things they said that just, you know, boggle our mind, we think, well, but you had all this evidence right there. And and it's evidence that I mean I'm just gonna say it's things that we don't have today. We do not have that type of miraculous evidence in our lives. And yet we still believe and we still follow the Lord as best we are able. But here they had this right in front of them. And I, I believe that even if we had that we would still be very similar to them. I think we would still make the same mistakes they made. I think it's part of the human condition. I think that's the way we are, um, due to the the fall of man, due to just the way um, we question things and the way we look at things. It's uh, it's nothing wrong with God. It's 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 us, you know. It's it's us that are at fault. We are the the flawed ones, not the Lord. So, all right. This has been Numbers chapter 9. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.